Welcome to Heaven Smells Like Books, a book review podcast. Hi, hello, it's me. I'm back. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm actually back again. Hi. So, I am once again recording on a night that I'm really tired and also need to be up really early. I need to be awake at 6am tomorrow morning. Um, And instead of going to bed early, I'm here reviewing a book for my how many listeners? Anyway, we need to try and get through this um so i can edit i'm not going to edit it today probably going to edit it tomorrow uh and hopefully release it tomorrow by just like i similar to the last episode i feel a sense of urgency like i need to get this done and out now so in case you miss the last episode or if this just happens to be the first episode you've ever listened to um i am currently reading only tony morrison books fiction books um and i'm going through them in chronological order i i read a few of her books last year and a couple years ago so i'm not going to reread those ones i'm just going to skip them when it gets to their turn on the like chronological list anyway today i am going to be talking about tar baby which i don't know what number book this is but anyway this is my second book this year i believe um but yeah anyway let's get into it i don't have a lot of time Okay, so it's our baby. So the book is essentially about a group of people who live in the same house. However, one of those people, as one of the main characters, is an intruder in the house slash an uninvited guest. Um, And the house is on an island. I can't remember the specific one, um, but essentially they are on an island uh so the book starts off with who we are later told is son as in s-o-n um so it starts off with him abandoning ship and i need to cross check this but i think abandoning ship is sometimes illegal or like very frowned upon yeah but anyway the book starts off with him jumping jumping ship or abandoning ship and he eventually finds himself on an island and then in a house on the island i say he finds himself as if he just magically you know he jumped ship swam (laughs) um found an island and then you know was trying to find shelter and he found a house and essentially like broke into the house not in like a aggressive way or anything kind of more snuck into the house than break into the house um but the story isn't narrated in that linear way of you know he jumps ship he swims finds himself an island and then all these other things happen no 
because it's stone motion it sort of skips from one character to the other um so we're introduced to him and his jumping ship we don't really know his name so we're kind of confused and then they move on to another character and then we eventually find our way round back to him so i think at this point that i think the non-linear storytelling as in when it comes to time um is very much a tony morrison thing uh so yeah she did that thing where she gives you a good amount of history on the main characters and sometimes the side characters as well and like i said earlier the time in the book is not linear so yeah also we're not immediately told that he's the intruder so we're introduced to him and then they move on to um a character who's living in the house and then they eventually find like people living in the house eventually find the intruder but we're not introduced to the intruder as oh this is the same guy that jumped ship a couple chapters ago or whatever yeah so we went from this nameless character jumping ship to us getting introduced to the occupants of the house on the island to us then finding out that the intruder is the same thing as the guy that jumped ship i should preface this entire thing by saying that i was in a weird headspace throughout the length of the book because i thought the title was alluding to the tar baby character that was in sula so i read sula right before i read tar baby and in sula there is a character called tar baby he's like a very minor character but i just thought (laughs) i just thought you know tar baby was going to be about the tar baby in sula you know like a sickle kind of thing but no that was not uh the case so i kept waiting for that link between the two books to happen and it just wasn't happening like first of all sula is based in america tar baby is based on the island or in one of the islands and so the whole time i was like hmm at what point do we switch to america (laughs) like how did i you know now that i'm thinking about it actually i don't even think the timelines match um but anyway yeah i was in my headspace so i was constantly legit throughout the book i was waiting for that link to happen so i think that maybe skewed my experience of the book a bit but yeah spoiler alert in case you've read sula and you also think tar baby is like a sequel it is not the tar baby in sula isn't related to the title of the book at least not in the form of the characters however i haven't read the forward yet so maybe tony morrison explains the tar baby title in the forward um so i'll read the forward at some point and uh if she mentions it or if i get any more insight on the book from the forward i'll mention it in the next episode anyway i was also thinking earlier today um about the book and i realized that the characters in the book were kind of in an enclosed space for most of the book so by enclosed space i don't mean you know like a tiny box or something no they were all 
living in that house on the island their role in the house was obviously different and there were hierarchies but for the most part they were all on that island or rather in that house on the island together and it was kind of like an island within an island kind of thing um yeah so i thought that was interesting because we got to experience them while they were isolated excuse me i'm burping again i'm so sorry anyway again i also just had dinner (laughs) anyway yeah so we got to experience them while they were isolated from the rest of the world there is a part in the book that is set in new york um but yeah we'll get to that part later um yeah so i was also wondering if the fact that they were all living together in the house on the island sort of secluded i wonder if that affected their behavior in any way i know for sure that um one of the characters was definitely tired of being on the island and she wanted to move back to the u.s um so i'm sure that the fact that they were on that island definitely affected her character but anyway moving on there was a mixture of white and black characters and something that i haven't read or i don't think i've read in a tony morrison book before the black characters aren't just black americans or african americans some of them were from the island right so they weren't americans um so that created an interesting dynamic and yeah also i don't think that the level of proximity that we have in this book is one that i've read in other tony morrison books and when i say proximity I mean proximity of the white and black characters to each other. Yeah, because like I know I keep repeating, but they're all in the same house, which I don't think I've experienced in a Tony Morrison book before. And not just that there's I mean obviously they live together, so there's like a there's a level of closeness and familiarity that exists amongst them. Obviously minus the intruder up until some point. But yeah. Anyway, so in the house, there's the intruder, obviously. Then there's the owner of the house, who is a rich or was a rich, retired, old old white American. His name was Valerian Street. He was named after a suite called the Valerian. His His family business made sweets and so they essentially named a suite after him anyway he's very rich old money yeah so he retired and moved to the island because he owned a house there then there is his wife who was also white and she was called margaret uh i can't remember the exact age gap that they had but she was around 19 when they met and got married and he was in his 30s and she was his second wife he was divorced it wasn't like a polygamy thing but yeah the age gap kind of weird 
anyway, yeah, and then there's the servants and their niece who were also living in the house. So Sydney and I don't know how to pronounce the name. I think it's Undine or Undine. I don't know. Yeah, so Sydney is obviously the husband. He had worked for Valerian's family for years decades um and so when valerian retired and decided to move to the island sydney moved with them as a butler this that was his job and his wife also worked uh for the family not as long as um sydney had but she also worked for them and she was the cook and then sydney and odin's um niece called jadine Jadine was an orphan and Sydney and Odin essentially raised her. Um, but she wasn't living with them. She was like an adult, by the way. She was in her early to mid-20s. Um, she lived uh, somewhere in Europe, I believe France, but she was on holiday. So she went to visit them. Valerian, um, I guess, sponsored her education and so she would visit during the holidays. So that was why she was there. Yeah, so all the members of the household were Americans, the people living in the house. However, they also had some workers that weren't living in-house, but would come to the house on a daily basis to, like, you know, do the laundry, you know, things like that. Yeah. Uh, what else? Yeah, so Jadeen, she was also sometimes called Jade. She, like I said, Valerian sponsored her education. So she had a uni degree. She was working as a model. You know, she seemed like she was doing quite well for herself. One thing I did find interesting about the dynamic or relationship between Jadeen and her aunt and uncle was that so her aunt and uncle sydney and undine because they obviously worked in the house they slept in the servants quarters while jade herself slept in the main house um and she also dined with valerian and his wife which meant that like she was served by her uncle and aunt who did not dine with them because they were servants and were working um, I don't know if I'm overthinking it, but I don't know. Dynamic was just kind of weird. Like, why are they in the quarters and she's in the main house? Um, I don't know. Maybe it's the African in me that is like, why are the elders serving her? <laughs> Especially because it was her aunt and uncle. I don't know. But yeah, I just thought that was a weird dynamic. Uh, but yeah, moving on to the writing. At this point, you know, I feel like every time I talk about it in Morrison, I'm like, oh, the writing was really good. So I feel like I don't even need to say it. But yeah, the writing was really good. It was really easy to read. And I'm starting to wonder if Toni Morrison had a specific tone of writing or style of writing. And I don't think that she does but i'm wondering if the fact that the other books of hers that i have read so three out of the five books of hers that i have read i read them a while ago so maybe the memory isn't quite fresh in my mind 
Um, so maybe that's why I haven't been able to pinpoint a specific tone or style to her writing. Maybe not style. There are definitely things that I know she does in all, if not most, of her books that I've read. Um, but yeah, I just can't. I feel like every time I read her book, um, it doesn't feel predictable. It doesn't feel too familiar there are bits that seem familiar but it doesn't feel overly you know ugh, reading this person again um yeah i've never i haven't felt that way so far so yeah um the in obviously i think i've mentioned this before but yeah the description you know how she does that thing where she talks about not just the main characters she talks about the side characters as well so she describes all the characters and she gives us she gives us background info on all the characters and so she did that again so that's definitely i guess a specific style of hers there was also the non-linear timeline that she usually does as well that was also there but something that was new though was that inanimate objects were side characters so things like the trees the plants the butterflies they were kind of side characters so there were parts of the books that we were experiencing through the eyes of these objects that i guess are still living objects so we actually got introduced to the island through the viewpoints of the trees on the island um there are parts of the book where the butterflies are the ones like we're seeing things from their perspective yeah so that was definitely new um yeah there was a part where Jadine ran out of the house and at some point she swore i think she said horse shit and an avocado tree had an opinion on you know what she said you know some parts of it were funny i thought it was really well done it it was new to me but it didn't take away from the story that i didn't quite get it um and i'm sure there's like a metaphorical meaning that i'm missing but i haven't read a book that did that in a while so i'll have to do some reading up to figure out what it means um it feels very familiar to a book i read in secondary school but i can't remember the title right now but like or like there were characters in the book that weren't human beings <laughs> i can't remember the title of the book and i really wanted to figure it out before recording this episode but i haven't had time and if i keep putting this off i won't be able to move on to my next book to start reading and then i, I don't know i've just been finished stocks so i was like i'll just record this episode and then afterwards i'll do some reading on what that part of the book meant i'll also read the foreword and i'm hoping tony morrison you know mentions or explains that bit there as well and then i'll just let you guys know in the next episode so yeah that was a new interesting thing that she added in said this before it was a really easy read right it was very good um it also made me think that when Morrison writes about people in the context of community and family there is usually an element of that in the book uh, in her books 
and i don't know how come that never occurred to me before or maybe it did and i'm just not remembering correctly but excuse me <laughs> this made me think of that um and it, it made me then think of her other books and i think like community and family is usually a strong theme in her books um i think that this is the first time that she's had white main characters at least the first time i have read one of her books and one of the main characters happened to be white um so yeah it was interesting reading her writing that it's funny because sula in the forward for sula she mentioned that as in tony morrison she mentioned um that the narrator that the book starts with is supposed to be like a white person and i remember at the time thinking that did not even occur to me it did not sound like a white person <laughs> but then i think that's also because i go into it in the morrison book assuming that all the main characters are black uh so yeah also i was watching a youtuber the other day uh her name is Sun beans jess she also talks about books on her youtube you should follow her she's great anyway i was watching her the one of her videos the other, the other day and she was talking about how paul bt paul bt's the sellout she was talking about paul bt's the sellout and how if you're reading the book it's important to have some knowledge of the african-american history or life in order to understand the book and i've read the sellout and i really enjoyed it however i remember i read it like maybe four years ago or something but i remember when i read it i was reading it and i knew that a lot of references were f- like flying over my head because i simply do not know about i don't know enough about the american or more specifically the african-american culture to have gotten some of the references um and i remember recommending it to a friend who lives in the u.s and i was like you probably understand this and enjoy more than i did because you get the references (laughs) um anyway it made me think about how i never feel that way about tony morrison's books so and like i feel like i'll need to reread the sellouts but i wonder if the reason i've never felt like oh there are things flying over my head when i'm reading a tony morrison book i wonder if that's because Tony Morrison doesn't directly refer to the African-American culture. And so I usually find that I'm able to fairly easily get or understand her references. But then it also made me think maybe it's just that <laughs> the references are so subtle that I don't even know that I'm missing references. So maybe it's that. But also, I kind of like that Paul VT forces you to do your research on the African-American culture. And I kind of wish that more African writers would do that more often. I mean, I say more African writers. Paul VT isn't African. He's a black American, I believe. Anyway, moving on to the themes in the book. The first one I have in my notes is race and ethnicity and yeah it was interesting to observe the relationship between the islanders and the black americans there was an air of tension and disrespect between them 
so from the black Americans, so Undine, I'm so sorry if I'm pronouncing that the wrong way, Undine, Sydney, and Jadine, um, from them not bothering to find out the name of the islanders that worked at the house, to the fact that they didn't even recognize when, um, (laughs) so basically, okay, so, the islanders that worked there was a man and there was a woman at some point undine asked the man to bring a replacement for the woman and the man just brought the same woman back and they did not notice do you know how little attention you have to be paying to someone to not recognize that it is not a new person. It is the same person. Anyway, yeah. So from that to... Also, the islanders also talking shit about them behind their backs. And talking shit about the African-Americans behind their backs. So yeah. There was that air of tension. <laughs> Dislike, disrespect, distrust throughout the book. yeah and i have in my notes that um it was very much given house slaves versus outside slaves vibes um so that was actually the first thing that occurred to me and i was like whoa 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 maybe that's not it maybe it's it's like the ethnic part of it you know the fact that they're not americans and so there is that level of tension so yeah okay so still under the race theme so when the intruder was discovered margaret the white woman whose husband owned the house she was the one that found him and she found him in her closet or closet so obviously and naturally she was freaked out as she should have been because like imagine going into your closet in your room and you find a man sitting there like a man you've never seen before and he has like a horrible stench like that would freak everyone out and like literally everyone was freaked out except her husband valerian but that's like a story for later like yeah that's a completely different story but anyway so yeah they freaked out however my issue was that at some point it was obvious that the intruders race was also one of the reasons they were freaked out so they weren't only freaked out because he was an intruder which i think is enough reason to be freaked out i think his race also added to their level of freak (laughs) um yeah so and not just the white people even jade she made references to his race when she was pondering or thinking about why valerian was letting him stay so like i said everyone was freaked out when they found him everyone except valerian as a matter of fact instead of valerian freaking out and like calling the police kicking him out whatever no he invited him to have dinner with them at the dining table now i cannot imagine finding a stranger in my wardrobe and then my husband inviting him to dine with us immediately now anyway back to my main point here jade also made references to his race and she 
she was trying to figure out why Valerian would let him see and she's you know she said things like I'm quoting her kind of now doesn't he he being Valerian doesn't he know the difference between one black and the other does he think we're all yada 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 and my whole thing was just why does the intruder's race matter like what does his race have to do with it and I actually think that Jade thought that there's like a distinction between black people and that she's a better black person um and she implied it kind of throughout the book and it made me kind of wonder if it was if that was a commentary on how black people are sometimes valued based on their proximity to whiteness and so their tears of black people and i think jade saw or thought of herself as like a higher tier of black blackness or black people um because she was closer to whiteness like literally and figuratively literally as in that she was literally living in the main house with the white people figuratively because is that the right word i don't even know because she was excuse me (coughs) because she was educated you know formally educated um she worked as a model she lived in paris all these things so she had a much closer proximity to whiteness than she assumed the intruder did um so i think maybe that was why she was like why would you let this nigger sit with us kind of thing um yeah and yeah my whole thing was just why wasn't the fact that it was an intruder enough for her to question why valerian wasn't kicking him out why was she bringing the race thing like you she the argument of he intruded and he freaked us out by sneaking into the house not enough reason to be like why are you inviting him to stay anyway also so like i said valerian let him stay uh and so obviously they gave him a room and a bathroom he showered got cleaned up put on some clean clothes and then all of a sudden they became more comfortable with him when he was clean so i was reading this and then i was questioning "Mm, how much of a bad thing is this and then i was wondering if it's a commentary on our gut instinct to be unwelcoming towards people that we consider unclean or dirty you know how people uh avoid or ignore or don't speak to unhoused people um yeah and just you know people we i guess consider their physical appearance to be less or worse than us um yes so i wonder if that was what it was about um (laughs) yeah but at the same time i'm like that man was an intruder like they found him in a room they didn't know who he was but then also made me wonder like if they had found him and he didn't look dirty or disgusting and didn't stink 
would their reaction have been different like if they had if margaret had walked in and it was like a well-dressed man would she had would she have freaked out that way i feel like she would have anyway yeah but yeah that part was weird as well and also okay so they had this very weird christmas dinner so margaret the wise woman she was very excited for christmas because she thought she her son was supposed to come and visit her son was also like a grown-up i think he was in his maybe late 20s 30s and she was very excited however there was a storm so he couldn't come or maybe he'd never even planned on coming but yeah so then no one else that the invited came to the party because of the storm Oh my god. Wow. Yeah, no one else that was invited to the party came. And so they had all this food and anyway, Valerian then invited Sydney and Odine to have Christmas dinner with them. You know, like I said earlier, Sydney and Odin do not usually dine with them. So during the Christmas dinner, there was this argument that turned into a fight. So the argument was mainly between Valerian and Undine. And they argued there was some back and forth. Valerian felt disrespected. And he fired Sydney and Undine. And so eventually, like, they didn't actually leave because the fights got even worse and things the fights got worse it distracted from valerian firing them and so they just kind of stayed however what had me fucked up was that they had worked for valerian and his family for decades and they were still at his mercy and life would have been significantly more difficult for them if he had gone through with keeping his word on firing them. The fact that they had worked for him for decades and all he had to say was, you're fired, and that was it. They would, like, what would they have done? Where would they have gone? Would they have had to find new jobs? Where? With who? Like, they how would that have worked and it just really had me fucked up um that massive imbalance of power and it made me think about how if if like there is that level of power dynamic dynamics where one person has significantly more power it doesn't matter if that person is a quote or or quote-unquote nice person because all that needs to happen is for them to get pissed for them to ruin you and i don't like that um yeah yeah the power imbalance was wild and i think it can apply in like so many situations um i think it can apply in like romantic relationships and all of that but yeah that was just staggering um but yeah like their future was sort of relying on this person's niceness kind of thing or if he wanted them around it was just 
I mean, it's something that I'm sure we all know exists, um, but just reading it in such like a black and white way um, was really jarring. But yeah. Okay, so still on race, um, I want to move on to Jade and Son's lack of alignment on race. I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but the intruder's name was Son. Anyway, so at some point, Jade and Son became friendly after he showered and was no longer disgusting. Then after that weird Christmas dinner and things got weird, Jade and Son sort of went to New York together. Um, yeah, and so we got to experience them alone. And they were really at the opposite ends of the spectrum when it came to race. They both obviously agreed that racism exists and all of that shit um however their approach to it was very different so jade's approach to it was to hustle her way out of racism and you know make something of herself and to have that meant having money being educated being respected being accepted etc all those things however son's approach was more of a i don't want to be a part of their system but they're being white people um and whether that meant fighting her on whether or not she go to school because she was trying to get them to go back to school um yeah he was just kind of like he won he just wasn't interested in the <laughs> in the white man and the white man's institution um and i actually found some of his ideas interesting so for example he disliked you know i think that he would say about you know if you can make it to new york you can make it anywhere and he disliked that because he was like if you're making it in new york it means just that and nothing else it just means you're making it in new york um he didn't like when jade said that valerian put her through school because from his perspective it was her aunt and uncle that put her through school by working for Valerian. Yeah, you know what? I didn't actually think of it that way until he pointed it out. And I was like, oh shit, yeah, that was what happened. Because Valerian wasn't just paying for her school fees because he was kind. Her aunt and uncle literally were had worked for him and were still working for him for decades. Um yeah he wasn't just i don't think he was just doing out of the kindness of his heart heart um and it's actually interesting because when her aunt and uncle sort of mentioned that they also referenced it as in they put her through school by working for valerian um so yeah that was an interesting way to look at things he hated how during that awkward dinner it seemed like she was on valerian's side you know it seemed like she was trying to get things to be less awkward or trying to get everyone to calm down by gently siding with valerian and trying to get everyone else to behave or calm down and i feel like their ideas like just needed a middle ground um and i'm actually not sure what side of the spectrum 
I myself am on um, because I was thinking about it and I feel like, you know, these Western institutions were created by white people. And if you live in a Western country, your society runs off of these institutions. And so I don't know that you can completely separate or isolate yourself from their systems, right? And so, and so like, I just don't know how you can be a part, like an active part of society and not feed into or be involved in Western systems and institutions, um, kind of the way son wanted it to be like he wanted to be it felt like he wanted to be completely removed and i just don't know how possible that is in this day and age i mean i know for sure that there were um like other forms of education and all these institutions like health or banking and all those things i'm sure versions of them existed in non-western countries before you know slavery and colonization happened just in this day and age if you live in a western country how separated or removed can you practically get like how would that work what does that look like i don't know (laughs) but yeah uh but then also at the end it seemed like son was ready to succumb to jade's way of thinking so they took a trip to his hometown um, while they were in New York. His hometown wasn't in New York, but you get what I mean. Um, and Jade took some pictures of people in his hometown, you know, people that he had grown up with, his family, his friends, all of that. And there was something about seeing those images after she left him that seemed to make him come to the conclusion that Jade's way was the way to go. It seemed like seeing his hometown and the people from there like seeing those pictures it seemed like he made it it made him look at it from an outsider's perspective and he thought they seemed really stupid in the pictures and i think maybe that then triggered him to think oh shit like am i fighting to remain like them kind of thing so yeah um what else what else oh dreams so there were as in moving away from the theme of race and ethnicity onto the theme of dreams so i know for sure that the dreams are supposed to be a significant part of the story um but i haven't been able to figure them out so i'll leave it at that uh and then if i figure it out i'll come back to it in another episode um, but yeah, another thing was a theme. Another theme was immigration and how the Americans found it easy to migrate to the islands and buy a house, live, and also treat the people from the island like they were less than in their own land. Okay. However, the other way around, it didn't work that way because so the man that worked in the house the not the black american not sydney um one of the people from the island that works in the house he used to live in america 
and his experience of immigration oh my god i'm so sorry i just burped his experience of immigration was very different so yeah so one of the men that worked in the house not the black american not um sydney one of the islanders he used to live in america and his experience of migration was very different as you can imagine it was significantly worse um yeah so it was just you know a thing like you know the americans found it really easy to start a new life in someone else's country in luxury um and that didn't apply for you know the other way around uh, another theme was romantic relationships. And um, there were a bunch of romantic relationships in the book. There was Valerian and Margaret, Sydney and Odin, Jade and her white man who lived in Europe, and later on, Jade and Son. And I think the only couple who had a semblance of a healthy relationship was Sydney and his wife. Valerian and his wife had such an odd relationship. They were constantly arguing. And I think he was rather impatient with her and never seemed to be on her side. It almost felt like he was going out of his way to be on the opposite side with her. And I think that that was one of the reasons that it didn't occur to him that she was starting to struggle mentally. And there were little telltale signs here and there, like how she was forgetting how to use daily objects like cutlery. But he was so impatient and distracted by his impatience. I don't think he even occurred to him that she might be ill. Also, when she found the intruder, like I said earlier, he like he still wasn't on her side. Um, they were constantly arguing about their child. You know, Margaret was really excited for their child to visit them on the island for Christmas. But Valerian was convinced that he wouldn't come. And so it was kind of like, would you just get over this? Like, it's probably not going to come. Yada, yada, yada. Um, and I got the sense that he thought that Margaret was sort of smothering their child. I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but yeah, but their child was also an adult. Um... And then Son and Jade's relationship was significantly worse. So when they ran away together to New York, the relationship became abusive. And the more I think about it, the less I'm surprised that he was abusive. Like he literally killed his wife in america before he ran away from his own time he killed her during like a an episode of rage because he found her cheating on him he drove a car through the house and that was how she died um also when he first broke into the house he used to sneak into jade's room to watch her sleep at night and he sexually harassed her the day after they found him so he went to her room they started talking um one thing let's not know that he was reading the magazines in her room and then at some point like somehow he was rubbing himself against her and then dared her to report him to valerian obviously because jade was alarmed and i think she threatened to have valerian throw him, him out 
And his response was kind of like, I dare you kind of thing. But then after he showered and ate and whatnot, he then went to apologize and claimed that he behaved that way because the hunger from the hiding for so long was what was making him act inappropriately. I don't buy it. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, but, like, the relationship was that, you know, typical toxic, passionate relationship. Like, they would get into this wild fights um he was physically abusive when they were in new york they would get into fights over their arguments about race and like start hitting each other one time he had her like suspended from like outside a window yo yeah um she did eventually leave him so good for her um and then yeah i mentioned this earlier that family was a theme and it was a strong theme in the book um so you know there was the streets family and their dynamic and then there was sydney and odin and jadeen and although they weren't her parents in sydney and odin they raised her because you know her parents died when she was a child um and we also got a glimpse of son's family when him and jade went went down to his hometown so during that weird christmas dinner we found out that margaret had been abusive like physically abusive to her child so her and valerian's child when he was a baby um she used to inflict pain on him and i don't i don't fully get why when so they found out during that weird christmas dinner because undine went you know during that argument she was having with sydney things got really heated and then she slapped margaret and then she she was really angry and she mentioned that margaret used to abuse the child when he was essentially a baby slash toddler and so throughout the book it was clear that undine did not like margaret um but i just thought you know she just found her annoying um but gradually it became quite clear that it was because margaret was <clears throat> assaulting the baby and odin really cared for the baby and she was like holding that anger in she never told anyone and then it all just came out during that christmas dinner um margaret's when like asked about it said that she you know she just couldn't help herself and i didn't really get that and it was obvious to me that she was obsessing over him as an adult because she was trying to make herself feel better for hurting him when he was a baby so kind of like overcompensating you know when guilt is killing you and so you try to do everything to sort of appease yourself to make your feel to make yourself feel better i felt like that was what she was doing um and after they all found out and valerian also obviously found out um it didn't seem like valerian was able to recover from the revelation that like his wife had been abusing his child and or their child rather and he felt it's like a heavy sense of guilt because he hadn't noticed and something that was really interesting here was that when tony morrison was describing it 
as when she was writing it she didn't say he was guilty of ignorance she said he was guilty of innocence and i just found the fact that she used the word innocence instead of ignorance um interesting when talking about how or why he felt guilty about not knowing what was going on under his own roof and how like he wasn't bothered enough or he didn't care enough to have noticed or like like dug deeper into why these odd things um were happening in the house at the time that the child was a baby (laughs) at the time that you know yeah their child was a baby yeah um moving away from that but still on the family theme so i was listening to a podcast episode that tracy ellis ross was on and she talked about how like you don't have to have a child to be a mother and that's exactly how i felt about undine in the book um she cared very deeply for the two children that she had been a part of raising so jadine and michael michael was um valerian and margaret's child obviously jade is her niece so they have more of a connection and then michael was i guess her boss's child and i think the fact that she knew about the abuse probably endeared her to him um more uh yes and so she was deeply hurt by how margaret treated the baby i think she was also deeply hurt by how jade treated her and sydney towards the end of the book and i thought that was incredibly valid because i thought jade was shitty towards the end uh yeah i didn't like the way she treated them she ran away with son after that weird christmas dinner that same dinner where valerian had threatened to fire her aunt and uncle and she just kind of left them like for a man you just met like a few weeks ago fuck off um yeah yeah i think oh my god i could go on and on but we're almost an hour in uh i do not understand the ending but that's another thing that i'm hoping that tony morrison mentions in her forward um i did some reading on it and i think the end is a reference to another book or maybe a poem so i need to figure that out and maybe you know i need to read that other book no it's not a tony morrison book but it sounded like a book that was important in the american like context so maybe i need to read that to fully understand the end and then i'll let you guys know um but yeah it's been almost an hour (laughs) uh so i'm gonna end this here thank you for listening uh please you know share with your friends uh what else yeah uh the next book i'm reading is actually a short story so hopefully i'm able to get an episode out next month as well but yeah thanks so much for listening bye